0: I'm Laura Ferrar. This is Capital & Scott. Last Monday, a landmark trial began in Little Rock surrounding medical care for transgender children. The trial is over a law passed last spring banning almost all gender-affirming medical care for minors. It's the first such law passed in the country. For now, it's been blocked from going into effect four transgender children and their families filed the lawsuit against the state. Their attorneys from the American Civil Liberties Union argue the law, known as the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, is unconstitutional. Arkansas Democrat Gazette federal courts reporter Dale Ellis covered the first week of testimony. He joins me today to discuss highlights from the case and what will happen when it resumes at the end of November. So Dale, welcome back to the show. We had you on a couple of weeks ago. You've been covering uh, a trial that's getting national attention on transgender care for teenagers can you set the stage last week was the first sort of full week of testimony what's the importance of this trial that's going on here in arkansas
1: the importance of the trial this deals with some pretty uh, serious constitutional issues which the uh the aclu has uh, has weighed in on violations of the constitution's uh, first and 14th amendments It'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. There's a freedom of speech issue here for physicians. You know, we're talking about Act 626, the SAFE Act, which uh, bans transgender care for adolescents in Arkansas, or uh, really for anyone under 18. It prohibits doctors from making referrals. So they can't refer their patients out of state without, uh, if the law goes into effect without uh, being in crossways with that law and testimony in the first week from uh, some of the experts was that well that's a, uh, a violation of ethics that doctors are bound by for continuity of care. And ACLU is saying it violates the First Amendment because if a doctor can't refer their patients, that violates their speech. And I think the state is, uh, I think their argument is going to be that uh, patient referrals are not speech, that they are conduct. I think that's going to be their defense on that because they kind of telegraphed that uh, in the first week. As for the rights of parents to be the arbiter of what is appropriate medical care for their own children, that uh, it remains to be seen what the full range of defense the state's going to have for that. Obviously, having heard in the first week of trial, because it was necessary to uh, to continue the trial until November 28th, I've heard the full range of what the the plaintiff's arguments are. I have yet to hear what evidence the state's going to put on.
0: Sure. So backing up, this Act 626 of 2021, which is called the Save Adolescents from Experimentation, this was the first transgender law passed in the country, correct, that bans care for teenagers who want to do some type of transition or gender-affirming care.
1: Yes, and what people really need to understand, one, is that when we're talking about the uh, transgender care there's uh, I understand three components of that one is psychological one is uh, hormonal and then one is surgical and the surgical aspect of that patients under 18 in Arkansas do not get transgender surgeries period at least not now I'll qualify that I did learn this in the trial there's there's called and we'll get a little clinical here but there's top surgery which has to do with the the chest area and that is for transgender boys who meet the psychological requirements for being emotionally mature enough and being i, I guess firmly rooted enough in their gender identity and i'm not sure i'm using all the correct terminology this is just my understanding but they can be candidates for chest surgery as young as 16, although it's not common, is, is my understanding. Then you have the bottom surgery, which is surgery on the genitalia, and that is designed to, to physically change the characteristics from one sex to another. If you're under 18, the state of Arkansas, I don't know if any states do that, but I know in Arkansas, one of the medical experts that was on the stand said that doesn't happen right now the other two steps in this process psychological and hormonal therapy psychological is the first step and that's not banned under the law Um, the law would would still allow transgender teens to seek psychological care it would ban the hormonal therapy puberty blockers and uh, testosterone or estrogen therapy uh, those would be banned for transgender patients uh, the teens those are Uh, also used for other purposes uh, and those those purposes would not be banned right but the psychological I I think that's really important to cover because for two reasons Uh, one that uh, the psychological care is there to to make sure that uh, you know this is gender dysphoria is truly the problem that's where the diagnosis is and gender dysphoria is defined as by the Mayo Clinic as the incongruence that occurs when a person's natal sex and I'm not quoting but this is my understanding their natal sex uh, the gender they are assigned at birth conflicts with their gender identity which is and gender identity as I understand from the trial is the understanding that a person has that's deeply rooted as to who they are. And not every person who is born as a boy understands themselves to be a boy. Not every person who's born as a girl understands themselves to be a girl. So what happens, especially as physical changes start happening in puberty, that incongruence becomes so great that very, very severe mental distress and pain is the result. Uh, that's according to uh, the evidence that's been presented so far. Mm-hmm. What particularly struck me about that was that the state is saying that uh, minors can get psychological counseling, and you know when they turn 18, they can do anything they want to. The state's not going to try to stop them. One of the doctors who has treated these patients and saw the effect on the Her patients, when Act 626 was introduced as House Bill 1370, I think, or 1570, never mind, but what became Act 626, when the bill was introduced, they started seeing a a rise in uh, distress among their patients. And what she said was that, sure, people will be free to wait until they're 18, but a lot of these patients won't make it to the age of 18. They'll start seeing suicide attempts and successful suicides go up. Now, I believe the state is going to try to counter this by saying, you know, there's people who have gone through gender transition who the psychological problems they later suffered caused them to attempt or successfully complete suicide. I'm not going to argue their case for them because I don't really know to what extent that's going to come up, but I do believe that's going to be a part of it because I've seen some of that in the uh, uh, deposition transcripts. But what the medical experts who testified from Arkansas has said is that in all of their patients that they have treated, uh, none of their patients have indicated a desire to go back once they've gotten to the step of going into the the hormonal therapy with testosterone or estrogen. And there's a couple of others that I, I can't remember and couldn't pronounce if I could. But, uh, you know, they reach a point where they say, okay, I, I don't want to do this. And, and so they don't. Uh, but the patient is always free to make that decision.
0: Right, and so there are four children and their families who are the plaintiffs in this case. A couple of physicians who were involved. They initially filed this lawsuit last spring after 626 was passed, and then there was uh, this th- the same judge who's presiding now, Judge Moody, James Moody. He issued the injunction, correct, on this uh, on this act. So that, the, yes. so that the, uh,
1: and, <laughs> and James Moody Jr. as uh, uh, you know, differentiated. From from his father, James Moody, whose place he actually took on the federal bench.
0: (laughs) So the the injunction is still in place right now. The injunction
1: is in place, yes. Uh, And it's been appealed to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Arkansas is one of the states that's a part of the Eighth Circuit. And uh, the Eighth Circuit, a three-judge panel on the Eighth Circuit uh, affirmed Judge Moody's ruling. And the Attorney General has requested an, what's called an en banc hearing, which is a hearing of the entire Eighth Circuit, all the judges who sit on the circuit. And they have not made an answer to that yet. The Eighth Circuit can say, yeah, we'll do it or no, we won't.
0: Right. So this was the first week of this trial that started, what was it, uh, last Monday? I believe the date was around the 18th of October. There were four days of testimony, started out mostly with the plaintiffs. uh, And then I think they sort of wrapped up a little bit early. But what stood out you know, throughout the week and you being there for hours and hours every day, any highlights that really moved you or stood out in terms of the testimony? I don't know if the children testified or the physicians. What, what did you hear?
1: What I was hearing on the part, especially one of the children testified and uh, the parents of all four children testified at some point. And what really stood out to me was two things. The parents were not pushing their kids into this. I think there's been some uh, legislative testimony, and I'm not sure, but there may even be some legislative findings that uh, parents would be pushing their children into this. I didn't get that sense from any of these parents. If anything, these parents were stepping on the brakes, uh, not you know, not saying, oh no, it's not even a thing, but you know, saying let's 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 look at this, let's see what uh, what this entails. But they were also very supporting other children, and and you know wanting to be there for them now that's not the case with uh with all parents Um, uh, you know we've i've heard stories about parents that uh their child comes out to them as transgender uh you know or even gay just turn them out of the house just go you know they're you know you're not fitting in with what i consider normal so you're not a part of this household and that was not the case with these four plaintiffs and the doctors that testified were very adamant that you know, nothing happens without the parents' consent and consultation with the, their medical providers and with the children's assent. And these are two separate legal terms. Uh, consent is obviously what it means. Assent is the, the child has to have understanding of what is, is going to be happening moving forward if they choose to move forward. And obviously, for those reasons, uh, prepubescent children have, for one thing, they're not going to treat them with hormones, uh, the testosterone or the estrogen. They will use puberty blockers to delay puberty. And the medical testimony that I heard is uh, indicates that the effects of those drugs are completely reversible. You know, when you come off of the puberty blockers, puberty will begin. And pretty much end of story. Most of the effects of testosterone or estrogen therapy, from what I understood from the testimony, are reversible, but there's some that can be longer lasting.
0: And so it was, uh, and excuse me, it was actually October 17th that it started uh, okay. the the last week's trial. So. Friday, there was a day, Thursday, I believe you, were all, you all were off last week. Friday, the defense started to uh, bring forth some of their witnesses. Uh, what happened that day?
1: Honestly, I don't have a good sense of what happened that day because two of the witnesses, their testimony was completely sealed. Uh, the courtroom was cleared except for of everybody except the people who had personal involvement because they were going to be talking about medical records medical decisions uh confidential information that is not the public is not privy to the third physician and honestly i uh i didn't go into a whole lot of her testimony because it it really did kind of mirror a lot of the other uh testimony and she talked more about Planned Parenthood Great Plains, uh, which is better known as an abortion care provider, which is a controversy unto itself. Uh, but they also uh, do some uh, transgender care, and she talked a little bit about that. Right, and and. What she said, pretty much, it, it was uh, kind of an affirmation of the previous medical experts, both the uh, medical experts who were brought in from other places and then the doctors themselves who had treated these
0: children. We'll be right back with more Capital and Scott. Hi, this is Laura Ferrar. The stories we dive into on Capital and Scott are just a fraction of the reporting the Democrat Gazette brings to readers every day. If you'd like to support our commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras like this podcast, all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to Capital and Scott. So this trial, uh, it will resume in November, um, sort of end of November, right. First of all, why just the first week has gotten a lot of attention from the media, not only in Arkansas, but across the country. I mean, major networks have been covering it as well. Why is it getting so much attention?
1: This case has a strong potential of ending up in the Supreme Court. And while I don't have enough uh, knowledge of what the path to the Supreme Court is for any given case to actually make it there, because the Supreme Court has the last word on whether or not they'll hear a case. Uh, Just because it gets to their doorstep doesn't mean they'll let it in the door. But regardless of what Judge Moody's uh, final decision is, whether he grants a permanent injunction or whether he decides that the law does pass the constitutional smell test and should stand and go into effect, it doesn't matter. It's going to get appealed to the Eighth Circuit. And uh, at the Eighth Circuit, whatever is finally ruled there, I have no doubt that the attorneys who do not prevail, I have no doubt that they will uh, petition the Supreme Court to hear the case.
0: What are we expecting to happen? Do you have any idea when it resumes in November, other than I guess hear the other side's uh, case for supporting this this act?
1: The defense will put on uh, their expert witnesses. They will uh, put on the evidence that uh, that they have that the law should stand. And Judge Moody has already said he will not issue a bench ruling. He's going to take it under advisement and then there will be a, a ruling at a later time. And one of the reasons for that, I, I would think, it, well, the biggest reason is that this is such a um, complex constitutional issue. I mean, it raises some very serious constitutional questions that would deal with a very, very small minority segment of the population. What gets really important there, I think, when you're talking about constitutional rights is, you know, at what point does a uh, minority population of the country get so small that you don't even have to consider what their rights might be right i think you know there may be some that may be some of the underlying uh issue i don't know i do know that uh from what i've read in the legislative transcripts or, or depositions from uh i've read through representative robin lundstrom's uh, deposition who uh she was the uh, she introduced the bill and uh a whole lot of what informed the decision-making process in the legislature, according to what I've read, there appears to have been based on various legislators' religious beliefs. Because there's a lot of talk in there about well, what did God intend when He made uh, human beings, uh, when He created uh, humankind. You know, when God says you're a man, you're a man. When God says you're a woman, you're a woman. And you know nobody can change that and those are religious beliefs and they're very strongly deeply held religious beliefs that need to be given consideration but i'm there is a lot of debate as to whether or not uh, those beliefs need to be the underpinnings of american law
0: right of course and it also should be mentioned that the entire south is sort of lighting up to various degrees with a lot of different states considering the similar, similar type laws and bans on transgender care oh, to Arkansas. Oh, you can bet
1: a lot of states are looking at this. Uh, and now I've got a, a list here with me of, uh, it's a lot of list of groups that had um, have come in on the side of the plaintiffs the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, the Academic Pediatric Association, the American Medical Association, the Pediatric Endocrine Society, and the Endocrine Society, which actually wrote the guidelines on transgender care. The uh, World Professional Association for Transgender Health, which is known as WPATH, which uh, has established the uh, standards of care for transgender treatment. And as medical knowledge has evolved and more gets known, uh, WPATH has come together and at various times and updated their standards of care in relation to what the uh, the science is. And everybody has been very clear, you know, the science on this it does evolve. You know, there are changes made as understanding develops, but that's not unique to transgender care. Standards of care for everything evolve. I can remember when the first heart transplant was done, uh, hmm, what nineteen sixty-seven. I'm really dating myself here, but uh, you know the standards of care for heart transplantation have changed dramatically as our understanding evolved. You know, or for any medical condition, really.
0: Sure. So just, um, and also just to mention, the defendants in this case are. Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge and the entire state medical board, um, as you said when we were talking before the show, that they would basically be the ones who are kind of carrying out this transgender law or monitoring it in terms of physician physician conduct.
1: Well, and this may be an oversimplification of my understanding, but from what I understand, the the Attorney General is uh, responsible for defending the state in any lawsuit against the state, uh, and, and this is a lawsuit against the state. The principal defendants are the attorney general, and I, I believe that uh, uh, that's because the attorney general's office is responsible for enforcement, and the, uh, the medical board, uh, their responsibility, is, and I'm not gonna say it's limited to this because I don't know, but I do know that uh, they are the authority that oversees medical practices in the state. And it stands to reason that those medical practices have to conform with state law.
0: One thing that before we wrap up is striking to me is I'm surprised that the children's names were made public. It seems like, you know, because they are minors in a lot of cases, sometimes you just don't have children's names made public in the media. It seems like that would open them up to potential discrimination or any kind of backlash because of being involved in this trial. Has that come up at all as to why their names would be disclosed?
1: Uh, I haven't heard a specific reason. I believe it's, uh, I think it would have had to have been done with the uh, consent of their parents, but these kids are already subject to discrimination. They're subject to bullying. They're subject to all kinds of things because, let's face it, uh, they got to go to school, and there are groups in school. There's cliques in school. They're not always kind to one another, and very often they will uh, single out characteristics that uh, you know one group will single out a characteristic that they think is weird or different or or whatever and subject that group even if it's a group of one to various uh, mistreatment and that has happened and it happens on an ongoing basis there's no way to fully protect these kids and that's another thing that really struck me about this because of the uh, the repercussions legal societal everything because it is so complicated and so very controversial i have a hard time imagining that anybody would wake up one morning and think that uh, hey you know i think it's just a good idea that i'm going to go out here and subject myself to this and from hearing the testimony of the parents hearing the testimony of one of the kids uh, i don't think these kids felt like they have a choice
0: well, Dale, thank you very much. We'll follow up with you after the next few days of testimony at the end of November to see what happens.
1: Uh, could I point out one thing? Whether or not they feel like they have a choice, ultimately it's going to be up to the court to decide if the state does indeed have the, uh, the right to say, whatever your choice is, you can't exercise it. Right. And, and the state does that all the time. There's some people who see absolutely nothing wrong with bank robbery. But the state doesn't allow people to go around robbing banks. So you know we have to you know, understand everything within that uh, within that framework. Does the state have the legal right to direct or restrict this particular uh, form of medical care? We don't know yet. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot.
0: You can find links to the Democrat Gazette's coverage of the transgender care trial included with this episode of Capitol and Scott on ArkansasOnline.com or wherever you find your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a special episode ahead of the November 8th midterm elections.